What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Wrestling Heroes Insiders Podcast, a.k.a. The Whip Show. You know what it is. I am Deshaun Whip Dog Whipple, and I am with my partner. He is in a control center right now. He was a little late getting in here, but I'm with my partner, devastating Daryl Pace. How you doing, Brody? I'm doing great. A heavy traffic here in the quarantine zone. So it's oh, hard for me to get to the studio, but I managed to get through. So if you're watching this video or listening at home, understand this is still during the quarantine time. So uh, you hear us making reference to coronavirus is because of what's going on right now. Whether you watch the show a week from now or 10 years from now, that explains it. But Daryl, real quick before we introduce our guests, man, uh, what's been going on new with you this past week, man? Oh, man, we've been having a lot of heavy action here, I know, on the show. You know, we've had some great guests come through. You know, we had C.W. Anderson, you know, earlier this week. Uh, we, we're gearing up for some stuff, you know, next week. So just excited about, about, about what's on the horizon. we got a lot of surprises for the fans out there. For sure, guys. And if you haven't already, make sure you follow us. <coughs> Check us out, excuse me, on YouTube, The Whip Show, Instagram, same thing, the, at The Whip Show, Facebook, The Whip Show, or you can be able to listen to all the podcast platforms. Just simply put in The Whip Show. You get all this great information. But enough about us talking, because they don't want to talk to us, man. We sure. got an amazing guest tonight. This young man, I learned a lot about him. I've been Facebook friends with him for a minute. We done talked a little less back and forth, chopped it up. This man's part of the Samoa dynasty. He has a wrestling lineage of his own. Can we give it up for Mr. Toa Maya Villa? How are you doing today, sir? What's going on, brother? Man, happy to be on this podcast, man. This is great. Hey, thanks a lot. First of all, did I did I say your name right? You did it perfect, man. Hey, the look, I've had it, I've had that damn thing butchered 17,000 times over in the course of my life. You did it great. No worries, man. First and foremost, I want to say he's my type of guy. You see, he already drinking something on the show. So uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so what, what are you talking about? There's no such thing as drink. I don't do those sort of things. I'm a good Christian man, sir. Exactly. So where are you at in the country? Where Where are you? I'm living in beautiful, beautiful North Carolina. I'm living over in uh, uh, just on the outskirts of Durham, over in Orange County right now. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, buddy. That is beautiful out here. I'll give you a scan as where I'm at right now. It is just. Uh, this is from the deck right here, man. It is just my little slice of heaven right here. Nice. It's quiet. Nobody bothers me. I don't have to. I can hide bodies. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so that means uh, you keeping it real nice and smooth during all this COVID-19 quarantine business. Well, when, when people first started talking about the coronavirus, I was thinking, okay, where are the lines? But, you know, um, I, I, thought, I just thought it was a hangover from really bad Mexican beer. That's all. But, um no, but in all seriousness, man, I, we, we, we saw this coming a mile away. Me, me my girl, and my kids, um, you know, we kind of saw things transpiring about maybe about a month in advance. So we ended up, you know, kind of preparing and getting things ready. And we kind of set ourselves down and uh, hunkered down. The kids have been out of school now, and they just let us know that uh, they're going to be out for the rest of the year. So now yeah, we're all just living life enjoying each other's company and uh, hopefully not killing each other by the time this is all done with. I, I was about to say, man, and, and, and devastating Daryl, you can jump in on this too. You know, I've heard some stories. 
See, my girlfriend doesn't live with me, so I don't know how it is. But for people that live with their significant other, how mm -hmm. it's not like you're able to handle it right now without any too much craziness. Would you agree? <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you, it's it's a lot of give and take. But you know what? The, my girl and I have been, been at it for 10 years now and living together for the better part of five. And we, you know, I, I've been very, very blessed. I'm knocking on wood on this one because uh, I'll tell you. I think anybody else and I would have been shot about two months ago. So, you know, and for some, it is a blessing because you don't always get the, the chance to spend this kind of time with the, with the kids. Now, now, Toy, do you do a lot of traveling? Like, is this unusual to be home this long? And what, what what is it for you? Not really. I mean, my life's been going back and forth. I mean, it's it's been taken with the wind in ways that I never thought would end up happening. Um, I end up going from uh, living in Pennsylvania in pro wrestling to. Uh, moving down here back in 2008 to 2010, uh, working uh, for a solar company, doing research and development technology. Um, uh, back up in New Jersey where I grew up, uh, working for more solar companies out there. Then back down here, uh, you know, uh, working for uh, as a roadway inspector for a little while. Um, uh, becoming a musician, working on uh, going to school right now for uh, music production. I mean, I'm just, I'm all over the goddamn place, man. I'm going to tell you. Um, but it's been it's been interesting and honestly being home as long as we have has has been pretty cool man it's honestly it's it's really helped kind of take things down a little bit and not really get stuck in the rat race like like i've been in the past and not just for myself but also for my girl too my kids even uh, some of my friends when i talk to them you know they say you know it, it, it sucks the situation really does suck but at least everybody has a chance to be able to catch up with one another. Everybody has a chance to be able to be with one another and really slow down again. Cause really this is the time when everybody needs to, and we all need to stay in. We all need to stay safe and to stay healthy for one another. Most definitely. And I'm totally agreement. I'm going to tell you, I'm a very energetic young man. So uh, it was hard for me at first, but I had to understand it was a bigger picture than just me. And I think yeah. we all have to realize that as human beings right now, it's bigger than just us. It's saving as many lives as we can with what's going on right now. I agree with you, man. I agree. Uh, that's true. Yeah, now, honestly. Now you, you, you know, Whip, you asked about us. Now, we both have wives, girlfriends. What about you? You're by yourself over there. I don't know how you survive. No, nah, he's got a side piece over there. Don't worry about it. He's hiding <laughs> in the closet. You said, how am I surviving? <laughs> I'm people on Facebook. And uh, I'm going to tell you one thing. My right arm is getting real strong. I ain't going to talk about nothing else, but my right arm is getting real strong in all this quarantine time, baby. Oh, it's good to see Nancy. It's good to see Nancy. Advancements, you know. But so uh, I got to say, yes, first of all, just like we do all the other guests, I got one of your matches on back here. You probably can't see it, but I do got one of your matches yeah, on back who, here. Who the hell is that fat bastard behind you? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh no, he's taking the down. Damn, huh? Oh, never mind. That's me. You jobbed on this one. That was my actually was that that was with sugar, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, it was. Yep. It was. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't help it. He was you know, he was a former champion. I had that was I think he was my I think it was my third match in into my career. So yeah. <laughs> so did you get trained by the family? Did you go another route to try to do your own thing? No, no, no. I went out to, um, I went, it's a hell of a long story, man, but to try and shorten up in the Reader's Digest version, um, I met my family. Actually, I was separated from the family for the better part of 19 years. Um, my father passed away when he was two. My mom's originally from uh, Queens, New York. So we were living in Hawaii at the time. 
he passed away. We ended up moving to New York where her family was. 19 years later, a friend of mine uh, got in contact with my uncle Afa, uh, or the Wild Samoans, and talked to them about me. Really, to be honest, I was kind of worried about talking to anybody, but this person kind of pushed the envelope, so I ended up meeting them. Uh, went out to Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Uh, actually, no, went out to Allentown, Pennsylvania, where I met uh, most of the family uh, during the Yokozuna tribute that they had that year. It was uh, 90, 99. And um, we kind of corresponded for a couple of for better part of three, four years between that point and the time I finally moved out to Pennsylvania to train at his facility. So, uh, let me see, 2003, I moved out to Hazleton. The Hazleton school ended up shutting down and moved over, moved back to Allentown. So I ended up going back and forth from there. But for the most part, I, I've trained under my uncle Afa, under my cousin uh, Samu, uh, Mana the Polynesian Warrior, uh, uh, Moondog Molson, um, uh, Supremely Great, uh, uh, Smooth Tommy Suede. They were, they were two very key guys when it came to my training too. Um, and I'll tell you, man, it was, it, it was a hell of an, hell of an experience. Oh, no, let's take it back a little bit. So for so for the fans out there that you know aren't aware, who is your dad? My father is the High Chief Peter Maivia. Yep, he's uh, one of the the the, the patriarch uh, of the Samoan dynasty, if you will. Uh, he was the one that got everybody started. Every member of the Samoan family in the mainstream that you see, he was the reason why they're there. Um, from my uncle's Afin Sika to my cousin Samoan Fatu, Fatu, who's Rikishi of the Head Shrinkers. Uh, let me see, uh, you got the, the Usos, you have uh, Roman Reigns, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, uh, I mean, I could keep rattling them off, but honestly, my brain only works so well at this time. So, <laughs> now, 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 question now, growing up, because you know, I I started watching wrestling maybe very early 80s. You know, I'm a few mm -hmm. years older than you, so I got a few years on you. But when you're growing up and you start to hear about, you know, wrestling, is, you're growing up in the boom times, right? And, you know, you're seeing mm -hmm. some moments and stuff on TV. Are you watching this? Like, you're aware that these guys are your family? Like, how, like, what's going on, like, when you're six, seven, eight years old? So six, seven, eight years old was, was you know, during the times of uh, the head shrinkers, it was, uh, during the times of, you know, when Hulk Hogan was really peeking out, um, uh, you know, big boss man, uh, ultimate warrior. I used to, I, I know everybody, uh, everybody kind of shit on him a little bit, but, uh, with his, with his workmanship, but uh, you can't help but enjoy watching him. Um, Jake, the snake Roberts was actually one of my favorites to watch because the, he, he just had the psychology about him. He just, you could get in a ring and you, you, you just wanted to pee yourself a little bit when you saw him in a ring. So, you know, um, but when it came to, you know, the influences and when it came to that time, you know, my mom's always, always had stories about my father, always, you know, she had all these old magazines and, and things that he used to have with him, things that he even wore, good ring. And, you know, the, the first relevant thing to me, you know, coming even close to, to knowing what my family was like was the head shrinkers and was watching someone fall too. Uh, wrestle, and I'll tell you, that was the, that was the, the beginning mark for me. Was watching them, and then eventually it was Superfly Jimmy Snuka, you know, as he was as he was kind of getting up in the years there, but still uh, still active and still wrestling for the WWF. So it's it was pretty cool. Um, that's that's really my connection right there in the very beginnings. Now I would like to ask you this: 
you see me and Daryl being brothers when we got mm -hmm. to see guys that look like us on TV. Because growing up, we a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Whether it been Junkyard, Dog, Coco, even though they might have jobbed them. But you know, even though Junkyard, well, I take that back, JYD was a star. But you know, JYD was awesome, man. Man, listen, if he wasn't, if he wasn't closest to Hogan, he, he was the closest one. But mm -hmm. with that being said, seeing guys that look like you, how did that feel, man? Well, it made me proud. Honestly, it, it filled me. It filled me with pride. But it was it was cool to see people that that, that look like me. But that's the, that's the whole thing. You know, one of the big things for my father coming into the business was to represent his people. And when his people got to see him, they got they got. It, it was during a time when there were a lot of different ethnic heroes that were going in through the sixties and seventies, especially, and. You know, uh, guys like Rocky Soulman Johnson, Tony Atlas, my father. Uh, you had um, uh, 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 Coco, uh, Bobo Brazil. You had um, uh, uh, Ivan Putsky, uh, Nikolai Volkov. You had all these guys from all these different regions that were that were representative of their people. And my father was no different. So, you know, you know, you get you can't help but mark out uh, for 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 your your blood your family the people that you see that you can latch onto it's the reason why most of us guys uh wanted to get into the business in the first place was because we saw these people be able to do it and we connected with them we wanted to be them you know and i think that's uh, that's the biggest reason why we did what we did why we do what we do still now i have to ask you this you, mm -hmm. you said you watch wrestling uh, i want to ask first were you a big huge wrestling fan because your career took another path after a while, and you started doing mm -hmm. music. So, were you a big wrestling fan growing up? And then, how did you transition to something else? Life took me in a very, very strange direction. Um, so, I went from wrestling, and at the time, you know, you know how it is when you're wrestling in the indie circuit. Um, you know, you're not making a good living. You'd be lucky sometimes if you get a Pepsi and a hot dog out of something. Um, you know, you're working your ass off. You're trying to cut you, even. Even if, you're, even if you're attached or related to somebody, you still have to cut your teeth. You still have uh, to, to, to work your ass off. And unfortunately, when I was still trying to get my, you know, when I was still trying to cut my teeth in, there were certain, there were circumstances where I saw opportunities that would be more befitting because at the time, um, I had two young children. I was married at the time. Um, and I was more concerned with making sure that a roof was over their head and making sure that they were taken care of. So I had to make a decision. And a friend of mine down here, he was originally from Hazleton, Pennsylvania. He came down to North Carolina and started working uh, for the solar company. He called me up. He said, listen, I have a great opportunity right now, man. You make plenty of money. You do, you do great here. Uh, I could really use your help here. And I said, okay, well. I'll turn around and I'll do that, see what happens. If everything works out the way it's, the way it's supposed to, I can come back to wrestling in, in a couple of years and, and get right back into it, no problem. I came down, things were looking good for a while, and then, of course, we ended up, what was it, 2008 to 2010, I came down here. And that was when the stock market crashed. Uh, the investors and the company that I was working for, because it was a small uh, R&D company of like 20 to 30 people at most. I was like number six or seven in the company. And shit just tanked. It just, it is what it is. It happens. So, you know, it was kind of left in limbo and it was either go back up north and, you know, try to, uh, try to 
go back to wrestling and then go right back into the whole situation with worrying about a roof over everybody's head, making sure food's on the table. You know, I, I had, at that point, I wasn't sure what was going on. Then uh, there was, um, you know, marital issues where uh, I ended up in separating and ultimately divorcing. Uh, we ended up moving back up to Jersey. And it was, um, you know, it was just a lot of weird paths that ended up happening uh, over the course of multiple years up until the last, I'd say, five, six years. Well, five years, yeah. So I ended up getting into music because I have buddies of mine in here that wanted me to sing and wanted me to play because they knew I could sing. So I started doing it here when I first came down, uh, and especially after I, you know, after I lost my job with the company I was working with, started playing around with music. And it was cool. Maintained those contacts after I moved back up to Jersey for, for a couple of years and then came back down here. Got invited to a couple of jam sessions, started playing around, made a band, uh, Skeeter Washington, the Bloodsuckers. We, start, we were playing for three years. And, um, and that's really where I started tying in. Um, you know, the band kind of dissolved after a bit. Uh, there were some differences in uh, people's perspectives and outlooks and personalities. So you know, things ended up switching out. Right now I'm working on two different projects, one with a... Uh, uh, one with this other band with, with the members of the original band, but this sans one guy, uh, it's making the music MTM. Uh, and I'm still good friends with the person that brought me in the first place. And we're in the middle of another project, uh, called Sold Out. Um, we're also, you know, all the stuff that I started doing with these bands started opening up more doors, especially here in this state and where I'm at in the triangle. This area is nuts when it comes to music, when it comes to collaboration, when it comes to artistic expression out here. And I couldn't help but notice that it was like, it's a hotbed and nobody knows it. And it's, it's something that, I, that, that kind of encouraged me to want to kind of become the spearhead to, to maybe push it, this, this state into kind of like a territory like LA or New York. Because I mean, there's some amazing music that, that these people are out here create and produce and and a lot of collaboration that happens without ego man and that's the best part so you know that's that's the long story you know uh, of how i end up going from pro wrestling and making the sharp left you know so are, are you still how active are you well I, nobody's active right now but how active are you you know today in terms of uh in terms of pro wrestling in terms um, of pro wrestling and music like you know how active are you in both Music, I'm still collaborating. As a matter of fact, um, I'm still work I'm working on two new tracks with the one project sold out. Uh, MTM is kind of on a hold right now because all of our guys are kind of split up in their, in their different directions right now because of what's been going on. We all haven't been able to get together and lay down some tracks as of late. Um, I'm also working with um, uh, a producer, DJ DeJesus, out, uh, out in Texas. And uh, he produces EDM music. He's doing, uh, he has me featured in one of his house tracks, which we're still collaborating on. And we should be releasing, in the, we should be releasing the single in the next couple of months. Okay. So. Now, now I want to ask you this, man, because you just talked about a little bit about the independent wrestling and your transition to music. And I used to work with a musical group as well. Okay. Here in Michigan, I know it's a little rough to get out there. And you mm -hmm. just said Philadelphia is a hotbed, but some people outside the state don't realize it. Um, yeah. What what uh, what is the correlation with that? Do you see a lot of the similarities with independent wrestling 
and being an independent artist and the fight to try to get it in front of people? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're going to deal with multiple personalities trying to, trying to get the same, I mean, essentially getting the, trying to get the same job, trying to get the same position, trying to get on the same stage, uh, get their names out there. It, it's, it, it can be, it can be cutthroat at times when you're dealing with a bunch of people that are into themselves. Me, I've decided to take the approach of being collaborative. I want to, to get together with people. I want people to work together. If, if I could push someone else's music or someone else's work, great. You push mine, I push yours. We work together and we build something out of it. You know, and, and that's the thing. Like you, you've seen, uh, you've seen in the, in, in, in the independent circuits, how many people, how many, <laughs> um, how many divas we'll call them, how many superstars uh, that, that, that are still cutting their teeth because you know, they've, they've been in the, the business for multiple years. They kind of push their chests out and they say, oh, well, I've been doing this for this long. I don't, oh, I don't, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have to set up a ring. I shouldn't have to do this. I shouldn't have to do the nonsense. You're in the independent circuit. Suck it up, put up a ring, do, sell, sell some tickets if you need to, you know, put some effort into it because you're not a superstar until you actually get there. And it's no different, man. It's no different for, for pro wrestling as it is in music, you know? And depending on where you, are, where you are and the approaches you're taking to get to where you want to be, yeah, you, you can either make it easy for yourself and, and, and really cause less stress for yourself by being collaborative, or you can build more stress by thinking that it should just be you. Man, you just kicked so much game right there. You might even hurt some feelings because I know up here, we got tons of guys that did one dark match eight years ago. Mm -hmm. and it ain't mine. Oh, yeah. they, that's it. I'm, I'm a veteran. I'm like, I he didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> look, you know Look, and I, I'll give props to look. I'll give props to them because they've gotten their match. They've got. They, they at least had the ability to get dark match. I did not. You know, and props to them. I, I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about anybody that's that that's in their craft or trying to do something great. But remember that in the, in the business, in the sport, you have to be able to work together. That's the whole point in making the show. You have to work together. Everybody's protecting each other, keeping each other safe, but putting on a show so that, we, so that way the fans can enjoy. We're not wrestling for, for, for the, the visuals of other wrestlers. We're wrestling for people that are coming out to see us. You know, that's, that's the whole thing. The performance for the people that are, that are paying money to see you, that, that's what matters the most. And are you going to be a prima donna or are you going to put together something that, that resembles a good performance? That's what we're trying to do. Whether you're, in the, whether you're in the ring, whether you're on a stage, that's the most important thing. Now, your last name, and it's on your Facebook page, is mm -hmm. Yeah. How many? And I don't. I per, I understand the term, Mark. I never was a huge uh, proponent of it because we need fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, how many people reach out to you specifically because your name is Maya Via, and they want to know if you're connected to him? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, and it's funny because you get you get wrestlers, you get people that are fans, you get um, uh. Uh, you get family members, you get, you get, you get other Polynesians and it's, I, I love it because honestly, it's like, okay, you're curious. You see the name. Are you really? Yeah, I'm really, this is who I am. You want me to show you my license? I'll, I'll you know, just let me blot out a couple of numbers and I'll show you the license if you want. But 
Yeah, it doesn't not that doesn't bother me at all, man. Um, I actually I think it's cool because at least you know my 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 name is attached to something that that's that that was pretty amazing. Um, that that was amazing for for my people. That was amazing for the wrestling world. You know, and really that's you know, my father came in and wanted something more for himself, wanted something more for his people, wanted more wanted something more for his kids. And that's that's where we are now. So I don't I don't I, that don't bother me at all. So, so now when did you, you know, think about getting into the industry? I know you connected with your uncles, you know, the Samoans, Wild Samoans. At what point did you go, hey, you know what, I want to give it a try? And what's you know, what was that like? So when I first got in contact with him when I was 19, that was, um, that was a very interesting moment because I had always toyed with the idea of, of getting together with the family and meeting them because we lost contact. I, they, they, knew, they knew I might have existed, but they didn't know that I was out there. And going in 19 years later, um, you know, I, was, I was nervous. I was nervous as hell when, uh, uh, when I first met everybody. I didn't know how they would receive me. I didn't know if they would think that I was just, you know, another guy trying to, uh, trying to suck up on the name or, 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 you know, just some fake that, you know, cause we've, we've, we've had plenty of them in the family and plenty in the past. Um, but I really, I, I was kind of motivated as from 19 down to 23 because I kept talking to the family. I kept, you know, watching wrestling they kept i was just a big fan at that point and the more i saw my nephew doing it and the more i saw the rest of my family doing it after a while it said, i said you know what you know is this going to work or not well you never know you never know unless you give it a shot so so i said okay i'm gonna pack up my bags and uh let's let's see how bad this goes so but uh honestly it was it was one of the best experiences in in my life because at least it gave me a chance to get a respect and an understanding of what my father did and what my father was doing, the stuff that he had to go through in order to be able to, 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 to perform in the ring and to be able to make a name for himself. And that's, it's not easy. And anybody, any person that has the audacity to say wrestling's fake. Okay. Um, go in a ring, go take a few bumps, run some drills, do a thousand squats, and then in between each each hundred squat, each hundred set of squats, you're doing 25 push-ups, 25 crunches, 25 leg lifts, and then doing a two-mile run, and then going in and doing drills. Yeah, go right ahead. Have a guy, have enough trust in a person to pick you up and slam you. It doesn't matter how tall he is, and it don't matter how big you are. Put your body on the line, like every guy in that ring, and you tell me how fake it is. But. It's built a lot of respect uh, and perspective for me. And that's, you know, from being a fan to actually being a wrestler and even and now being out of it and watching, you know, still, I don't watch as much as I used to. I, I used to watch a ton. I, I barely watch any now. And I keep telling myself I really need to um, just to kind of catch up and see who's in, see what, who's doing what. But, um, you know, ultimately, um, there, there's a lot of respect and a lot of love that I have still. Like, I, I think about the ring every day. I think about getting back in there, beating the hell out of myself. Oh, I got a couple more good years in me. Why not? And, um, and believe me, it's still a consideration in the back of my mind, always. Oh, the light's on. Fantastic. Um, 
I don't know. These things come on. I, I don't know. Electrifying personality. Yeah, there was a reference. Woo, you heard um, that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's without rambling on and on and on, you know, hopefully I, you, you get the, the gist of what I'm trying to say. And I'm, so you touched on it, and I'll mess with you on Facebook about it before, man. Are we going to ever get you back in there? Man? You, say, <laughs> you already said you think about it. We going to ever get you. you back in there, bro. My, mofo, I tell you, I tell you, there ain't a day that I don't think about it. And it's, it's kind of weird where I'm at right now because I don't know anybody here that's wrestling. That's a, that's a strange thing. But I also know that, you know, like my kids back when, there, there were a couple of things that I thought about. Um, I've always thought about getting back in the ring at least once. Just, just once because I want my kids to see me wrestle just once. My son, uh, appropriately named Peter, um, he he got to see me when he was really young. As a matter of fact, when uh, back when I was wrestling, I'd have him come into the ring uh, before the shows would start and have him run ropes and play around and, and, and we would just goof around with each other in the ring for a little while before the shows would start. Um, my daughter, she's two years younger and she didn't get a chance to see that. She was a little baby by the time, uh, uh, by the time I stopped and uh, uh, we moved on from Pennsylvania to, to North Carolina. So a lot of times I think about it to myself and say, God damn, what would happen? What would happen? And I still think about it. And honestly, there may be, there may be a point in time when it happens. Um, my, that was one chapter that didn't get finished. Who knows? Maybe that chapter is going to be finished a little later than I had expected, but maybe it'll get finished. And what you just said is an amazing thing. It's funny how you, what you said about having your kids watch you. I don't have any children, but I have a godson that I love to death. And he saw me when I was, when he was like two or three. He ah. came to the show later on, but I was just emceeing. I had already, you know, retired. And just okay. seeing him there, and he, we're driving back from Ohio back to Michigan. And he's sitting there and says, Deshaun, why did you stop wrestling? I'm 6'5", mm. 295. I know he started crying because it uh. made me think that he wished that he could still see one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, so I, I totally get it, man. I... If there's ever opportunity for you to come to Michigan and, you know, I might come out of retirement and do one with you, man. I'm just telling you that right now, man. Don't, don't, don't threaten me with a good time, Deshaun. I'll make it happen, baby. I'll make it happen. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I've, and I've also, I mean, I've made a promise to, to a couple of people. If I ever got back in the ring, they would, they would come out. Uh, I got a buddy of mine who's, uh, who's from Nebraska. I don't know where the hell he is now. Uh, but him and I talk on a regular basis. He's all over the place. Uh, uh, Buck Holman, uh, he, he's, he's trained by my uncle and then went and wrestled for Harley Race for a while uh, out in Nebraska and uh, Oklahoma. And he, you know, he trained with me side by side. We graduated from the, from the Wild Samoan Pro Wrestling Center at the same time. And he, I always told him, he always said, look, you ever, get out of, you, you ever get out of retirement, you owe me a match. I said, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I know. I'm going to have my ass handed to me by several people. This is what I see. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'll tell one you, thing I've learned with you, just speaking with you now, and actually I've met a couple of um, some more wrestlers over my time doing this, and one thing they're big, they're really big on is family. You spoke on that yourself. Mm -hmm. And here recently, Roman was supposed to be in the main event of this past WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. He walked away because of, you know, things he had going on physically, and come to find out his wife is pregnant again. Uh, hmm. Has family been such a huge thing always? Is that is that common with the Samoan heritage and just people in general? It sure is. Um, 
you take the phrase fa'asamoa, it encompasses three major things. It encompasses family, encompasses community, and encompasses God. Now, believe in whatever you want to believe in, all right? But for us, we believe in a higher power. We believe that, that, that there is a higher power that, that guides us into the things that we do and how we live our lives. Family is one of those things that, that keeps us centered, that keeps us grounded, so that we have purpose to work toward what we need to. Community is the big thing that, that keeps us all together to be able to uh, communicate, collaborate, and to work together in order to achieve each other's goals. Um, family, for me, Samoan or not, family has always been big for me. Um, and you know, my kids, when, each, uh, when, when the kids, when my children were born, I would take a year off each time just so that way I knew that you know, my kids would, would be taken care of, their mother would be taken care of, I was working to make sure that the that roof was over their head. And then, you know, once things were solid after a year, okay, back in the ring, let's see where it goes. And uh, yeah, that happened twice, that was fun. Um, but you know, it's my kids, my family, my girl now, um, you know, they're, they're the ones that kind of center my decisions and center me to what I need to do, what I want to do. Now I have tons of dreams, as any man does, we all do. Um, you know, we have big dreams. We want to build big empires. We want to do big things. Sometimes we need a little bit of a realistic approach, though, and that's why our family's around to keep us straight. <laughs> Very true. No, to that point, uh, I, you know, your father and then Alpha and Sika, at least as I understand it, were blood brothers. You know, not, uh, not, not, not from a biological brothers, but like Correct. brothers in blood. Like, tell us a little bit about that, because some people think about blood brothers is more like, oh, I'm, you know, we're brothers, I get managed, it's different. Here, it's a, it's, a, it's a more meaningful situation. Like, tell us a little bit about that, what that really means in, in, in your hair. So my father brought my uncle in, uh, into the game. He was, my uncle really wanted to learn how to get into the business and how to get into things. And he was basically um, my father's right-hand man. Um, he... Uh, you know, him and his family took my father into the States so that way he can come to, so he was able to come stateside. Um, and my father had brought him up into the business. Ultimately, my Uncle Afa brought my Uncle Sika into the business as well. And what was funny about it was um, when they were brought in, they were brought in, they, they were kind of told to, um, to just kind of just be in the crowd just be in the crowd and watch and they didn't understand at the time that what my father was doing and how things worked in the ring so when they saw my father getting hurt uh when they saw my father getting hurt they jumped in and they weren't even a part of the red they weren't a part of the show at the time and he's a big guy um, yeah yeah and uh and especially in Alpha, he, that, that's how that's how my uncle seeker uh made his way into the business because he was just watching his brother and he was watching his brother getting his ass handed to him. And he got pissed off and he jumped in and out of, out of nowhere just started beating on, uh, beating on these wrestlers that were beating him up. And he's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. So, you know, it's, it, it, my family has had a, a, a tradition of being, you know, it's, it's, it's a brotherhood. It's, it's um, my father my uncle was, was close to my father, learned what he could from my father. Eventually, my father passed the torch down to him. And as you could see, he's, he ran away with it. 
Um, he, he's taken off the, the Anawai family is the strongest family in, in professional wrestling right now. Uh, you know, tied only really to the Hart family. Um, you know, it, it's uh, a very big deal here. And if it weren't for my father and if it weren't for my uncle being as close as he was to my father, the, this pro wrestling thing probably would not have panned out as well as it has over decades now. Now, with a question I've always had, and, and I know, like, you know, um, on TV, it's a different thing, but Haku, is Haku like a blood, like a blood brother as well, or just a close family member? How does he fit in? He's, he's a cousin. He is a cousin. He is, he is, he is related to all of us. Um, you got to understand, too, when you ask, okay, you ask certain things about members of my family, and I can only tell you so much because I'm still learning a lot about my family. I'm still learning about everybody's connection, how, how they're tied into this and tied into that. So, I mean, we're talking about a huge, huge family tree, and I'm still scratching surfaces right now. So, and it probably doesn't help that I've been living out here in North Carolina and kind of hermiting from the family for a while, but... It is what it is. And, uh, you know, but uh, I still, you know, I also try to talk away from the, the professional wrestling aspect and just in the, uh, in the Polynesian sense, um, I've got my family's, uh, the family connections that I've been making uh, all over the place. Some in Canada, some, uh, some in the U.S., some in New Zealand, Australia, uh, directly in Samoa, both Western and American. Um, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot, a lot of family that I have that I'm connecting with right now. And this is, this, this thing's huge. It's almost, it, it almost hurts my head sometimes. <laughs> well, before we let you go, man, because I don't want to hold you up. It's getting late and I know I got to eat too, but. Uh... What? You want to eat? No, come on. What the come hell? on, man. You, you see my Facebook. I love some food, daddy. But. Uh, I'm sorry. Do I look like a twig? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. But I do want to say this right quick before I run out of here. Just like you said, you might not know all the stories. So if you get a chance, I don't know if you know this story, and I want you to come back at another time later on in this podcast, another down the road, and tell mm -hmm. me if this is true. I heard a story. Now, for the people watching, I got my Hulkamania mug. If you listen <laughs> again, I'm drinking it right now. We almost didn't have Hulkamania because mm -hmm. of your lineage. If you ever heard the story, Hogan was coming from New York. He had just got signed. He had, I believe it was often seek, I believe, in the car. The mm -hmm. police pulled him over because Hogan heard so many stories about people in New York. He had a gun in his back seat. The police pulled him over, said, whose gun is it? They asked to speak to often seek this time, they were so serious. They don't say a word. Hogan is terrified. Hogan almost didn't make it to New York with this man. Yep. So we probably not even got Hulk of And then Hogan said he asked him after the police let him go. And he said, hey, brother, we don't mess up kayfabe. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard that story, but this, if you're not, man, run that story past your family and find out and let me know if that was true, man. I will, and I'll tell you, I got, a, I got one quick one for you. There, there, there was a time when, when Andre the Giant almost died because he, he messed with my Uncle Alpha. And ultimately, because of the situation, the Samoans and Andre the Giant became very, very close friends because of a confrontation, which the next time I come on, I'll tell you about. It's a pretty cool story. Don't, don't. Sounds good, Ooze. Well, bro, before we let you go, I want you to tell everybody what you got coming up in the music game so they can know how to get a hold of you and everything and how they can follow up. 
All right. Um, let's see. We got uh, uh, Making the Music is currently uh, on a hiatus right now due to the coronavirus. So more limes. And um, we got a uh, uh, next project sold out. We're working on a few tracks right now. Uh, dates to be determined uh, for, for release. Um, uh, singles of, uh, of uh, this track that I'm working on uh, 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 called Blue uh, with uh, DJ DeJesus uh, out in Houston, Texas. Uh, drop date to be determined on that. Um, keep an eye on me on Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can find me at Tolam Idea. Um, uh, working with uh, Public Music Television or PMT, which is another collaboration out here, a huge uh, music collaboration uh, in the Triangle. And we're looking to expand very shortly uh, throughout the state and even throughout the U.S. Um, anything else you can find on my Facebook or my Instagram. And uh, any dates or if you need to get me, uh, if you need my email, uh, let's see, mtmmakingthemusic uh, at gmail.com or uh, tallmyvia at gmail, or at, uh, at msn.com, and tmyvia at gmail.com. All right, well, thank you very much, Daryl. Devastate, you got anything else for uh, I got one last question. I, we got to start asking this to everybody. One last question. Who's oh, the toughest man, toughest man in the business? Who's the toughest man in the business that you've seen and encountered personally? My uncles are obviously the top ones, but um, let me see. Hmm. I think some of the toughest ones, I'll tell you what, you want to know one tough, one very tough one? Sheik, Iron Sheik. That guy is a legitimate badass. You don't mess with him. Um, let me see. My cousins, my cousin Samu, Fatu, they were, they were both uh, just, just forces to be reckoned with. Um, I think toughest that's a good question. I have to get back to you on that one further than, than the ones I can give. Because now, now I feel like I'm on the spot this entire time. Now I feel like I'm on the spot. What the hell? Because <laughs> I know there'll be, there'll be guys coming up and, and, and Facebook, you know, find me on Facebook and say, yo, what, what was I, chopped liver? Look, dude, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying to disrespect. I, I just couldn't think of it. They kind of threw one at me. I don't know what to tell you. We're, we're not trying to get you. We're not trying to get, get a, a posse on you. We already had a, a uh, guest on that there's people looking for. We don't, we don't want to get a posse on you right now. <laughs> Hold that thought. We're going to have it. Had an answer for us when we bring you on down the road, bro. Sir, uh, thank you very much, Oos, for coming on the show. We had a great time. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Absolutely, man. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, thank you. you. Take Much care. appreciated. Hey, right. continue to stay safe. God bless you guys. God bless your families. Just stay safe. And thanks again, man. I'll see you guys soon. Yeah, God Most bless. Definitely, man. Most definitely. All right. Cyphos. All right, Brody. Daryl, we had another great show tonight, man. Yeah, great show. Another fantastic guest, man. It just keeps getting better and better each week, man. This is this is just it's been fantastic. Man, do you want to let them know what we got coming up next, man? Well, uh, uh, we've got uh, the, the uh, creators of Retromania. I mean, this is going to be very exciting. It's coming up next. This is kind of like a, a, the newest version of, if you remember WrestleFest back in the arcades in the early 90s, this is kind of a renewal using, you know, a lot of stars from the past and present, World Warriors, uh, um, uh, a lot of independent federations, too, at part of this. It's got that retro look. But, I mean, it's revamped for the day. And so it's going to be exciting to talk to them, see how things are going to go. You know, we need more wrestling games. You know, there's no 2K21, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I can't wait because I've been following it from a, a minute now. They're going to have uh, NWA Power, the show on there, the 10 Pounds of Gold with Nick Aldis. Uh, it's going to be some really good stuff. 
Tommy Dreamer's going to be on there, man. So I can't wait to talk to him on the show, man. And also, guys, like I said earlier, if you didn't catch it, you can follow us, The Whip Show Podcast on Instagram, on YouTube, The Whip Show Podcast. Facebook is all the same. Make it real simple, man. Or you can email us at thewhipshowpodcast at gmail.com. If you got an idea for a guest you want us to interview, email us. We'll holler at them. See if we can make it happen. But, guys, as always, thanks for listening. We having fun doing this. Well, for myself, Deshaun, Whip Dog Whipple, and Devastating Daryl Pace, we will see you next time on the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders Podcast, a.k.a. The Whip Show. Take care, guys. <laughs>